Welcome back to an all new installment of the Super Metal Brothers podcast, where we seal the deal on CD reviews. So let's boogie there, Super Metal Brother Dan. Yeah, good time with our Volby. Yes, I am Super Metal Brother Dan. And I'm Super Metal Brother Matt. We are here talking about, well, if you've been tuning in to us the last year or so, uh, yeah, we talk about news, we talk about CD reviews, we talk about anything that's going on in the heavy metal world right now. And. Uh, been an interesting week, Danny. You know, you're getting closer to that end of year uh, thing for us for Christmas time where people go crazy in the retail district, but maybe we'll go crazier in the metal district. Hopefully, yes. We have actually had quite a few bands being announced and had quite a few bands recently. I mean, Alice Cooper came a couple of nights ago with Ace Freely. Yeah. And then we're having, well, we'll talk a bit later about Gene Simmons is coming down. So, Kiss everywhere. Kiss everywhere. I know. You've got Anvil as well. You know, I'm best from the documentary. Uh, if you didn't watch it, it's um, pretty much a tragic tale of a band's rise to fall and then a mediocre rise back, I guess. It's a bit hard to say. <laughs> well, yeah, they, they've, they've kind of made a second coming, which is quite impressive for a band from the 80s. So uh, it is a good documentary and it really puts your life perspective if you're a musician, what you're going to expect. But this week we have a, a new question to throw the people uh, off there because uh, basically in Adelaide here we have a lot of problems with selling pre-sale tickets to events you know it always comes to the last minute and that makes promoters very very nervous you know you don't want to be like putting your house and your family on the line just because people in Adelaide have this thing about being a bit lazy a bit tentative to going into concerts so we're going to f- talk about how we can get people more excited and buy tickets before the year uh, before the event comes up. Yeah, no, definitely right. It is a big risk and it puts these like promoters on edge. Because you could think, you're right, you put all this stuff on the line and no one's buying tickets to the last week. You can't do that. You no. can't like, because if you want to book someone into a hotel, so like, do I book them into the Hilton or I book them into like a backpacker's motel? Yeah, I'd imagine like if you're going for that insurance claim through Booper and all of a sudden they ask you, are you a promoter for a band? And all of a sudden your heart starts, <laughs> you have to start ticking all these boxes for your health risk. Yeah, yeah. All of a sudden your premium is like $300 a month and you're like, oh, this is not going to be worth it. And then you obviously do have a heart attack from seeing your premiums. Yes, <laughs> smart, smart. Okay, we're also going to review the latest 36 Crazy Fists album, Lanson's 36 Crazy Fists are no strangers to the uh, heavy metal hard rock world. They've been around for quite a long time, but their new album has some interesting thoughts. Well, we've got some thoughts to talk about at first, but uh, more importantly, let's head straight to the news. Superman brother Dan, Marlon Manson, we talked about him last week with this injury. Apparently he had his leg broken, like uh, something fell on his leg, crushed his leg, leg is broken. Uh, he blames God. I mean, you could blame, you know, anyone from the stagehand to the faultiness of mankind's structures or divine intervention, I'd imagine. Uh, he had to say this, um, I think it was possibly the whole nature of God, whatever it might be, someone was trying to put a stop to things. If you believe in one thing, you've got to believe in the other power. Quite weird coming from the Lord of Darkness himself. What do you think? Yeah, it's, it's pretty unfair. You know, you're attacking somebody who can't defend themselves. I mean, that's, that's a pretty low blow. Yeah, money, it, you know? it, it really, really is. Um, and it's just kind of weird. He kind of comes across as this kind of you know, atheist kind of thing. But maybe he's just take, you know, taking a bit of a shot. You know, just maybe a bit of tongue-in-cheek maybe. Um, yeah, I don't know. Or, or, no, or maybe the stagehand's called God. Maybe the guy who's oh. actually, who does all the stage props is actually named God. And then he's actually having a shot at him. Or maybe he's dyslexic and it was actually a dog which did it. And he says, God, oh, man. Like, oh, that damn dog again. It's like, first he bit me, and now he's like breaking stuff. So he's got, he's got, he's got, he's got a feline that's doing his stage. He, 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 he can't uh, even work out what's going on anymore. Plus his problems with his love life where he bought a mannequin hand to masturbate with. <laughs> and Marlon right. Manson's got problems. 
I think you'd be better at going against some of those insurance premiums we're talking about before the start of the show. <laughs> like psychological um, yeah. as well. Yeah, 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 I think you might need some help. Um, you know who else needs help is people who are playing Angry Birds. Apparently, uh, if you've had enough playing with the conventional uh, round birds and that, you can play with Eddie the bird. That's right. Iron Maiden's mascot now is part of the portable device program, the game. Um, does that pique your interest at all, Danny? I honestly don't think this game was still going around. This game was probably when what smartphones first started. They it was like the main game, but like when people were still playing with Fruit Ninja and stuff, it's yeah. like a ten-year-old game. People still play and still being innovative. It's I know amazing. you got multi-million-dollar industries like from Electronic Arts to all those other ones, um, and then it was like Lucas Films or whatever. And they're trying to make the same amount of much money with the far bigger team that these um, these click. Um, these point and click games that uh, would have taken out three minutes to make, you know, like your Candy Crushes and your yeah. Angry Birds and stuff, you know. It's funny with, with this like Angry Birds, like every time you you fling, I guess you fling him. I guess you fling You're Eddie. Fling Eddie, that's right. Yeah. These fling Eddie. Every time you fling Eddie, there's, there's they play like Aces High in the background. That'd be pretty cool. That'd be cool. You know what would also be cool if it was actually um, Bruce instead of Eddie, and you'd fling him. But then after you fling him into a building, he doesn't come back. So then you wouldn't have any more singing. Good. <laughs> All right. Uh, we like a little bit of romance here on Super Metal Brothers, and uh, this has been a long time coming. We actually have a film clip for about 12 seconds long of an older couple dancing to Motionless and White. It's actually quite endearing and cute, and it gives us hope that we might all find that someone, well, maybe not me, but like someone out there that might find that special someone to love and hold them through a death metal or a hardcore breakdown. Yeah, it was quite sweet. Yeah, they're like full like tangoing and everything. These these were an elderly cover. They look like they're in the 60s or 70s, and... Look, apparently Motionless and White came to Adelaide, I think, a month or so ago. So, hey, it could have been an Adelaide show. Could have been. Uh, knowing our aging population, it probably was. Actually, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we, we have a lot of old people here. And I don't know why. Our weather's generally pretty crappy. But there's nothing to do. And it's easier to get around in our streets. And there's not a lot of people. So, it's perfect for the older generation, really, isn't it? Yeah, exactly right. Because they can sit here and complain to the other older generation and it's like this self-perpetuating machine of old people telling people, our old people, how bad it is to live in old people land. Because Australia's so big, when you get to a certain age, you can't be bothered travelling, so you just get locked in Adelaide. Like, I'm Adelaide bound. They push you down. What? No, I'm not going there. Yeah. Um, Cannibal Corpse, Danny. We're talking about, uh, I guess, the guy with the massive neck here. Um, He's defending, the front man defending suicide silence. Uh, If you don't think they're death metal, uh, F you. Now, uh, to add to that, uh, I think part of the course here at Super Metal Brothers is that we do the low five on a regular basis. So that's been taken care of. And the latest Suicide Science album isn't a death metal record. Yeah, that was a nothing album. That was, <laughs> that was like experimental year 10. I've just picked up a guitar album. That's not death at all. Here's the thing. It's like, I get that you're boys and like, you know, they might be cool guys up until this point and that's fine. But to, to defend it, that it's death metal probably does more to hurt Cannibal Corse's image of that because they are a death metal band than Suicide Silence. Yeah, I get that they were at one point quite a heavy band with a lot of intensity and velocity, but that latest record just isn't. And if that's their latest production, fans can assume that this is their new direction. Yeah, I think he was getting upset at some of the fans who were saying, oh, the old singer Mitch will be turning around in his grave, that classic line, because they're using clean vocals. Again, there's nothing wrong with trying to change it up a bit, but this was just, it was no. too much of a contrast. No, that's right. There's one thing exactly, like you said, adding a bit of salt and pepper to a, you know, to a chicken snitty. But then there's another thing about slamming, you know, basically 
another like a chocolate cake on it, you know, and calling it the same meal. It's just, this is completely different. I'm calling it lemon cheesecake. Oh, no. that's right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly right. It's just not the same. So it really, it really is, you know, uh, a point of suicide silence aren't a metal band right now. <laughs> nah, didn't we're, look, we're in the deep end with this guy anyway, with his corpse grinder, his name is whatever. Let's just keep going with it. And it's like, nah, there's no way. Uh, moving on to another band that we covered quite a bit here on the uh, Super Metal Brothers is uh, Five Finger Death Punch. They announced a new album for 2018 and they managed to settle that damn lawsuit they had over the top of them. Yeah, that's right. The old uh, record company, well, yeah, the old record company was upset with their last album because it was a five or four album deal and they got to the last album. They're just going to do like a best of hmm. or greatest hits, which is, it is always a cop out, but at the same time, I don't know how the relationship was with that record company and they were probably thinking, no, we just want to get out of here. So apparently they've settled it. The new album's coming out, but it has two new songs on it. So I guess that's enough for the record company to think, okay, some fans are still bikes for new songs and Five Finger Death Punch is probably happy because like, oh, we've written a whole new album with this other band and they probably had like two bonus tracks on there. So I would just put a bonus tracks on like this old album, everybody happy. Yeah, it's pretty much like, look, as long as you can make us money, we don't really care. You know, this whole expressing yourself as a musician thing is uh, is more for those people who have like no jobs and stuff. So I, I get it. Like they, at least everyone's happy now. And we can all move on. Uh, the new album, may, we, we review it 2018. That is next year. So it's it possible. Is next year. 18 comes after 17. Good oh, work, wow. wow. There we go. We are, we are right in front of the curve here on the Super Mario Brothers. You take your shoes off to count that, didn't you? Uh, Metallica, we're talking James Hetfield, the front man leaves California and why? Because, not because of the, uh, the change in the music or the political sphere maybe, but uh, just bushfires. Yeah, intolerant liberal snobbery. So if you know James Hetfield, the guy now has kind of turned over a new leaf. He's living off the land per se. You know, he's got his own farm. He uh, does his own vegetables and all that kind of stuff. And uh, time to time he goes hunting and gets his own meat. Now, this apparently doesn't go in line with the uh, organicness of the uh, California liberal arts degree majors who uh, probably buy pods and uh, live off plastics and stuff like that and uh, go to fancy cafes and pay three times the amount of money for uh, slave imported coffee, I'd imagine, Danny. Is that, yeah. how we, is that how we're going right now with it? Yeah, the whole like brunch smashed avocados paying $15 for eggs, yeah. as Bill Burr would say. Yeah. Eggs. So he's gone straight to the source, I'd imagine. Maybe, or maybe not. At the end of the day, uh, someone like James Heffield now to move to actually kind of have a an opinion on it. Because like basically when there was live, Metallica would be like, we don't care if you're from the left or from the right. You know, Everyone's there to have a good time. So to actually see one of these big juggernauts come out and actually have a go at a... Uh, at the establishment is actually interesting. He's actually still a little bit metal left in the old bot on the old guy. Yeah, true. But I think that's the point. He's old now. So when you're old, you're just like, oh, shut up. You know, I just want to enjoy myself. I enjoy what I do. I've lived my life. Yeah. Let me do what I want to the, do. I'm the not amount of, anybody. The amount of drugs and possible cocaine. I mean, they did tour with Guns N' Roses at one point. I would imagine that eventually his body is going to shut down. Or maybe it would be the miracle marvel like Ozzy Osbourne that all those drugs are actually balancing him out and keeping him alive like Mr. Burns. Yeah, that's All those viruses are just kind of keeping him in check. Um, the, I don't know. I, it's, it's, it's just an interesting point. I was like, wow, that's, that's kind of cool. Like, he didn't do it in a way that was very metal, but I guess it's still you know, an F.U., Imagine the metal like he leaves his house with sets it on fire. Like, yeah, <laughs> you will not get any of me, California. Speaking about setting things on fire, what about the guy who got uh, burnt at the Iron Maiden show in California? Speaking about California, that's why he's running away because people were getting thrown into fires there. This guy apparently, yeah. uh, Mario Esteban Baron, 
Yeah, he was pushed into a fan-created fire, Danny. Skin grafts, the whole lot. Terrible. Definite lawsuit. Definitely some financial backing if he's going to live through it. We don't know. Yeah, that's an Iron Maiden concert of all things. Yeah, who, creates a, who creates a bonfire during a gig? Like, when do you have the time? So, I don't know, stand back and bro. I've got some sticks here. I've got some twigs. I'm going to, like, start a bonfire. Why? Why? Why would you do it? Well, I guess if you're putting anything into Angry Birds, I guess anything is possible. <laughs> I mean... I mean Normally, like people like who bring their phones in is like annoying. Like, get off your phone and watch a gig. But for you to stand and create a bonfire during an Iron Maiden gig, jeez. And nobody like give credit to Bruce. He's pretty good with the crowd. Nobody watches and make sure they're all behaving. So I understand how far away yeah. this bonfire was created or what happened. When we were in Adelaide, so when you were in Adelaide, you saw a Bruce actually evict a guy in the crowd for being too much of a disturbance. But this is yeah. like a whole like rallied group. This is a group effort, you know, a whole think tank got together, made a fire. These aren't inconspicuous fires. They're not like a guy with a, a trench coat in the middle of a metal concert, you know. Maybe they're like, they're doing like run to the hills and someone... And he thought like there was like Native Americans in the crowd staying like a fire because oh. it ties into the song. I thought, oh, they're doing smoke signals. They were in California. You don't want to be too yeah. politically incorrect. Yeah. You know I mean? You get sued, get thrown in jail, you know. And see, hey, decapitate. What are you guys doing here? And like, <laughs> don't even ask. <laughs> Look, honestly, hopefully this guy, you know, he makes a full recovery. And hopefully the burns don't end up killing him. Yeah, so. yeah, that sucks because it does sound like he was pushed in and that's terrible, you know. That, that would kind of leave a guy to kind of think about life especially if he was doing the right things like hey guys you know you can't really have a fire here rah, rah. some guy goes ah you can't tell me what to do dad pushes him in and it's like oh <laughs> damn you got some like problems kid he's <laughs> like california that man this is california man you can't tell me what to do man like, this could be one with a fire man <laughs> like, well they do have that burning man thing in california don't they so maybe they got confused with their live concerts I'm trying to see why james hepford left uh yeah. ex inflames guitarist jesper stromblad says they should change the name now we have talked a lot about In Flames before with the latest release Battles. It was one of the worst albums of 2017. I think that went universal. I think a lot of people could agree it was actually, wasn't a great album. It, it was actually 2016, but it was so bad it continued onto this year. Yeah, that's, that's right. how bad an album was. That's right. Sorry, because yeah, we reviewed it last year and it made our top yeah. list of worst albums of the year. In fact, I think it went right on top of it. And for good reason, you hear it and you're like, this is not an In Flames album. It's not even a very good album. But uh, Jesper, the guy he would be attributed to as the songwriter up until the um, oh, his last release, I can't remember. I've got it in my car. Can you believe it? Um, Some 2008 did, album. Yeah, that's right. Um, yes, he's been, he's been there for about 11 or so years. Known as a songwriter, you know, he changed that sound from the more like death metal at the gates mastery to bring in some of those alternative metal elements and the electronics and stuff like that before he went. Sense of Purpose. Yeah, that's when the last album he was there. He was there with Sense of Purpose, then he was gone. They've changed their sound a lot since that album and he was gone. And they've changed their sound a lot since he was in it. But at least it kind of felt like it was all part of this big inflames thing. Now it feels like they're Coldplay but with screaming. Uh-huh. I like his, um, his uh, reaction to like battles. He goes, I didn't, I didn't say it was, like, it was like bad, but... um. Uh, and like he paused. I say it was, it was, it was like it was different. <laughs> like, yeah, nice. Now we'll, nice. We'll, we'll, we'll cover you. It's just yeah. Look, as far as playing politics, it is. But again, with with the talks about what Jesper has to say about Andreas, the vocalist's um, approach as well. He's not a fan of the way he sings. And seeing him live, you can see why he does struggle with very easy things sometimes. Especially that DVD they released. But should they change Daniel? To get back to the point, should they change their name? You know, he still is one of the earlier members. He's been there for quite a long time. I think even if the whole band, Varandas, have changed, is it still in flames? Uh, 
It's tricky. I mean, you, we, I think we've had discussion before. It's, I mean, there's still at least melodic death type thing, so it's kind mm. of like the same genre. It's just the, the sound has changed. Yeah, but they, they pay homage to them sometimes with some like those harmony leads, and it's in B flat still. So that's kind of you know running course of you know stuff like that they've done before, um, like Come Clarity record, for example. Uh, again, like I said, we have talked about this a lot before too. They they're gonna keep. They'll probably just keep the name for marketing things. Oh yeah. And if you want to hear some of those early songs live played by almost different band then I guess yeah that's the way it is you know um, but maybe Jesper will take some of those Inflamed songs on board with his own stuff and play them live that'd be kind of cool yeah why not uh, I guess we'll talk a little bit about uh, Eddie Van Halen with the uh, new merch he's brought out Danny I've got to be honest man when I saw it I was like damn that's actually really good yeah <laughs> that makes this makes perfect sense man like he's I'm not sure you guys have seen his guitar but his guitar's kind of like a Jackson Pollock painting but more with like with straight lines work so it's a really cool really dynamic guitar and he's actually turned them into like thongs and board shorts which yeah. it, it completely suits the um, attire so yeah it's smart. a beachy kind of thing like you see the guy used to wear like the tank top with with his guitar and that and it looks oh, it looks awesome like honestly and these shorts are going to cost you about 40 bucks American which might hurt and then you see the bar so it's about 110 so uh, it's a bit higher end but it's still affordable but if you're in America and that seems like a sweet deal I, I would you go down the strip, you know, some sort of beach. Maybe not California because they, I've seen the way they, they treat metalheads there. But, you know, somewhere else that could be pretty good. Yeah, this probably, this like is good, uh, obviously good merchandising. I like Kiss who decides to like merchandise everything with their name on it. It makes absolutely no sense. Yeah. Uh, at least this actually makes sense. It kind of suits the pattern. But I guess I'm talking about Kiss, yeah, Gene's coming. Yay. That's right. Yeah, uh, Gene yeah. Simmons is back for his first ever solo tour in Australia from Kiss. This is TEG Live on Facebook, the announcement they've written on there. Um, he's written some, a lot of songs and stuff, but he's going to be playing his own stuff or Kiss stuff. Or does it really matter? Yeah, I don't really care. To me, I feel like what he's going to do is he's probably going to like try to promote like a new business venture he's got. It's going to be like a pyramid scheme. So yeah. like ha- halfway through his concert, it'd be like, yeah, hey, hey, I'm Gene Simmons from Kiss. <laughs> you may also see me from other TV shows like whatever his TV show was. Yeah, I'm here today to um, push this product onto you. Yeah, I imagine he'd be like, maybe like a pyramid scheme with the song. So it's like he gets like 10 people under him, he'll write half a song, 20 people under him. <laughs> and, then, and then those people write him songs and then like those songs that go to Kiss and eventually it's like this pyramid it could scheme. Be, it could be like, he might do like the first ever downloadable content like um, concert. So you pay 10 bucks for entry, but you have to keep paying five more dollars to hear the next song. Oh <laughs> my God, go. that, that's a gene thing to do. <laughs> that is a, a freaking gene thing to do. So uh, we just warned you guys, if you go see uh, Gene Simmons live, uh, prepare to bring your wallet. And uh, fork out some serious cash for the, for the, the end of that song, you know. You just see this guy, like, he's playing, like, four chords, right? Three minutes into it, and it's a big finale, and he pulls his arm back, ready to hit the guitar, but he just stays there, and it's like, if you want to hear more of this song, <laughs> please enter $3. <laughs> or if not, please give me your business idea here, and oh. I'll see if that is worth it. I oh, know, exactly. And give, me, give me a name that I can trademark. Yeah. <laughs> is yeah, Apple Juice trademark all yet? <laughs> I've done OJ. <laughs> sunlight, can I trademark Sunlight? Oh, man. So we've talked all about that, guys. We're going to go on now to our uh, question of this week. Living in Adelaide, South Australia, you get a very good sense that people like doing things to the last minute. I know myself, it's Christmas time. I'm going to wait till December the 24th to get all my Christmas shopping done. And it seems the fans like to do the same with going to gigs. You know, pre-sales come out, there's a bit of excitement on it. And there are little people who will buy it. But generally, you ask promoters and bands in Adelaide and they'll tell you that 
at the, until the last minute people at the door, that's when the money starts to get thrown away. And it makes people, promoters, venues, even the bands themselves, very nervous. It does make it very nervous because I mean, that's the whole point. The whole point is like, go to like soccer teams or cricket teams or football teams, etc. They love when you become like a member because, okay, we've got this much money guaranteed for a whole year. We can budget around that. Say these guys, they, they announced their shows, you know, a good three, four months in advance. So, okay, we get this money in. We know how much transportation costs. We know where we can spend our hotel room, book flights, blah, 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 blah. And when it comes to like the last week and like less than half the tickets are sold, they're like, oh, geez, they don't want to like lose money. So That's right. It gets really nervous. And look, in the year, most of the times in Adelaide, it all comes good. And in the last five days, people pretty much buy the majority of the remaining tickets and everybody has a great time. But yeah. unfortunately, business doesn't work that way. That's <laughs> right. There's a lot more at stake as well. Especially now when we got things like Download Festival, which was announced to come to Melbourne. And that is with, I say that with an RE because there was no U in it no when they did it. Oh, there's no U, you get it? Oh, maybe it's a troll. Oh. Maybe it's a troll. It's a Melbourne. There's no U. You're not going. Oh, that's, oh, that's brilliant right. Download. Well, we're in Adelaide. And when we went to the, the last Soundwave uh, Festival here in Adelaide, we saw those uh, numbers, you could call it, for some of the big metal bands. Um, and then talking to friends and, and to, to people who didn't go to the show. And they were pretty much like, well, we didn't like the lineup. And that's what these massive festivals have to deal with is that the kind of temperament of very easily swayed fans of to what they really like at the moment, you know? And it's very tricky. So we need to find a way now of making sure we can sell these tickets down to these big festivals or concerts before the final moment uh, when the uh, 11th hour hits. Yeah, it is tricky. I mean, I was talking to like Steve Lehman yesterday, um, a guy who designed our logo. We interviewed him last year and he made up another good point that there's been a couple of times in the last year like Iron Maiden Black Sabbath and Guns N' Roses to say name a few where if you were a good fan let's say and you bought your tickets early good on you but what happens because they want they're not selling as enough tickets they were hoping for they would actually reduce the prices near come ticket time yeah and so all those people who were like did the right thing by the band and paid early were kind of punished because That's they right. were like the tickets went at the half price before the gig started. So yeah, that does not help <laughs> the yeah. situation. If that's resonated with our fans being of the older generation, and I know the older generation don't like spending money unless they really, really, really have to. I know our nana, she sits on everything like she'll recycle tea bags, coffee beans. Uh, her kids. It, it really is that interesting, you know. Freezer bags. She actually, yeah. washes our freezer bags. That's right. Because it's kind of like you have to like literally destroy every penny because you might live to be 3,000. I mean, it's a possibility for these people, you know, yeah. and they can't work. So, you know, because they're deteriorating uh, frame of mind and, and, their bo- and their bones and stuff. But what I was thinking as well is that you touched on something like a membership program. Maybe, maybe that's what we need. Maybe we need like these guys to join this metal family, like a metal um, website and like we can pay a membership every year like say it's like 80 bucks or 100 bucks whatever and anytime a show comes through that agency you can like get tickets to it for free that could work yeah. um, I don't think 80 bucks will work a lot of these bands like require a lot of money <laughs> yeah. it's hard to work because if that, if that promotion only has like three bands one year the next year have that like 20 bands yeah. I, didn't, I didn't say they're yeah. all going to be good <laughs> I just said why, why? I'm just going to give you an idea and I want you to make gold which, of it which is brainstorming and then someone out there yeah I'm kind of like the Scotty Pippen you're the Michael Jordan I'm just going to give you the ball you're going to score alright it doesn't matter where I give you the ball so you need to score I oh, know well, after waiting for like the last five seconds to get a buzzer beat otherwise the other ideas won't work so I mean, that's, that's not a bad idea um, again talking to Steve yesterday he came up with a not bad idea saying you get 
if you pay your ticket early, you get uh, a discount or free merchandise from the stand, which is it's an idea. Yeah. So people could be enticed is always good. I've seen people now with a Patreon, that seems to be going really well. So basically, um, independent bands know they can't get money from... Because the industry has changed so much now, they, they can't really get it from the labels these days as much anymore. The labels don't give them as much support. So they've gone to the fans directly and said, look, if you pay a membership every month whatever you pay five bucks a month you know you'll get a shout out on a cd or whatever but if you pay like a hundred dollars a month you'll get a free concert ticket free chance to sit in with the band on big big important uh, business meetings and ventures and stuff like that seeing as they are one of the biggest investment uh, shareholders in the band by paying a high amount um so having that engaged with the fans might be another idea because then they'll be pre-sold some of them so if you can engage your fans that way as well yeah actually another article i've read from I think some guy from Adelaide which is like one of these music journalist websites he actually said maybe uh, you could do like a free ticket is thrown in every now and then so like if the first let's say 100 tickets sold there might be like 10 free tickets in there and you don't know so if you go to the counter you buy a ticket you might actually get end up getting a free ticket so again enticing crowd you don't really want to do free tickets because you know the, the band misses out but sure you can sell earlier but uh, it just feels like the band will miss out on those sales. But then you can, what you can do is you can charge every other ticket $2 more and they kind of end up paying off that free ticket anyway. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I guess I guess there is a bit of creativity with with the advertisement as well. Um, it's a bit hard these days because it seems like everyone's just getting spammed on Facebook or, or social media and stuff like that as well. So getting through to that crowd and other means would be interesting, you know, and being in the middle... That would be really hard. Now, again, I don't know how I would go about doing that, but uh, I remember just that some brilliant marketing stuff like the It movies where you saw like balloons like just tied to sewers and stuff like that. It's just really cool stuff like that, which is just simple, doesn't cost anything, but like also you're getting these people doing all the advertising for you. You know, Imagine they're like Gorgoroth, <laughs> like sheep heads around Oh, is it perfect? <laughs> there you go. You know what I mean? Is it Halloween already? <laughs> I, Iron Man, you have like these like hospital beds with these like fucking burn victims. I <laughs> know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it could be worse if you're like, you know, a, um, uh, a Linkin Park fan. I don't know if you have to go Bunnings for that much rope, but... Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Oh, it's getting dark all of a sudden. <laughs> I know. Another idea you could possibly do, which pretty much costs the band nothing, is that you have a chance to like win uh, meet and greets. So if you buy, yeah, if that's you buy cool. early tickets, you, there's a good chance you get entered in the draw to, to win a meet and greet. And like the fans, the bands normally do it now. They charge an extra like $100, $200. Who knows? Something like 50 it, it's, Yeah, so yeah. It, it really is. And you're not guaranteed anything with it. So like you were saying, Danny, doing that would be like, well, if for free and you gets a handshake, it's still for free. Yeah, exactly right. I mean, it's just, unfortunately, it's the hardest thing to do is change attitudes because yeah. this is like inbuilt in LA people's like last minute. Boy, and it's come to a point where people know that's how LA is. And people just got to realize that it, it harms your bands. Yeah. it's it is. I know it sucks, but look, if you pay your money now, you pay your money in two months time, you're still that's paying right. your money. The thing is now is that a lot of Adelaide people are like, oh, look, we're coming to that town that everyone misses and stuff like that. But it is because of our own fault, really, you know? Um, seeing bands at the East Coast, they're guaranteed to get those numbers through the door. They, they've shown the figures to bands and they won't get so nervous, you know? So that's one thing. But also now for these festivals, and that's where it comes from. If you want to go to big festivals, you have to start going to shows when they come in. But if you want to go to the shows from interstate, you got to come to your, your normal ones as well. you got to go to your, your Saturdays and Sundays because if people, if promoters see that, you know, bars are filling up with local metal, 
And of course, they're going to be more acceptable of bringing out, you know, Cannibal Corpse or Children of Bodom or anything like that or Gojira, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's very disappointing when you see like Soundwave get like 40,000 to 50,000 people. I mean, that's not the disappointing part. Mm. But you see those 40,000 to 50,000 people go to see like a Soundwave, but you have your local like gigs, local yeah. festivals, in, which are like just Australian bands and you struggle to sell out. And like, we only, you only need like five to 600 people to sell that out. Where are you, 50,000 people? And, and that's right. the big thing. If you're not going to support those local things, like you're saying, Matt, why would a promoter bring a massive band? In? Like, I mean, band like Metallica will always sell out and Black Sabbath will always sell when they're touring. But yeah, it's just, there's those mid, mid-range bands, like if Nevermore is still going, or even Arch Enemy, they haven't said they come to Australia. It's, it can be a risk. Yeah, there's a rumor out there, you know, and because the albums are selling really, really well here, their ears would perk up to it. But that, I don't think Argentina have been here for 10 years or so. I can't even remember the last time they were here with Angela Grosso. And if they did, they weren't they exactly. The Adelaide tour would probably not be a part of their mission statement this time. They would coming down as well. Again, it's a tricky one. You know, we, we, we're unsure, but like attitudes, changing attitudes over a course might take it more than just, you know, the next three shows, you know. And if they want to see, if you guys want to see a download to Adelaide, it might just start as simply as going to, you know, seeing your friend's band play in at a dive bar, Enigma bar, or Fowler's. Yeah, exactly. Right. And, and that's right. And once, once you get your attitude changed, you know, look, to be fair, maybe a lot of people in Adelaide don't realize that if you don't buy your tickets early, it deters bands. So people might think, yeah. oh, no. Bands still come. I buy my tickets and they still come. Not a big issue. So maybe people just don't know the fact that you, know, you need to start buying your tickets within the first month of coming on sale because it, it helps everyone sleep better. The worst thing is like a little bit like me when it comes to Christmas is that you, you, you hear about it. You're like, no, nah, if I do it now, I won't have anything to worry about. Rah, rah, rah. But you get to the last minute and sometimes you just forget. You just don't even go because you're like, oh, I forgot all about it. I haven't got any money. Rah, rah, rah. So I'm probably just going to give this one a miss, but I'll go to the next one. You know, a little bit like that uh, venture in your romantic love life. There might not be a next one because you're doing this all the time. Yeah. Deep, I know, but you know that's how we go here. We're very deep from Super Mario Brothers. Yeah, that's exactly right. We try to be, especially on a, on a Sunday. So yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, look, the, the best part for bands, I guess, is you know f- somehow free shit. I mean, that yep. that always works, but then that'll probably work for a while. It's really about change people's attitudes. Um, uh, is there any funnier things we can say about this? Not really, but no. if you guys have any way of knowing for sure how to change it, how to get people to buy tickets, we'd love to hear from you. Jump on our Facebook, facebook.com forward slash bro, and uh, give us some ideas. You know, We'll cover them next week and uh, you know, get you guys a shout out and who knows, maybe even get you onto contacts with like Soundwork Productions or Destroy yeah. the Lines or something. Actually, another good idea is like bullshit like celebrity tie-ins. Oh, like, great. Like, get Tony Modra. He'll do anything yeah, no, for a buck get, these get days. Get someone like an LA Crows in LA to do it and for and some reason people pay more attention to that. So yeah, just that's how you need to do for, so mm. you're a band from like, let's say Spain. You don't even know what AFL is but you come here and say, how am I going to promote my band? Just get one of the biggest sports stars in the local thing to push the band for some unknown reason. Yeah, get that get that uh, chick who does the soccer. Um, oh, Tara Rush. Tara Rush. Yeah, get, get her just to like, do a shout out. Like, I love this band yeah. and, like, in, in a monotone voice, you know? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, hope to see you guys there because I will definitely be there. <laughs> I won't go. I don't even like metal, but yeah, you guys should go because these guys are paying me, pay me lots of money. Um, yeah, look, that, that's been that uh, section, but we're going to move on to now the CD review this week. 36 Crazy Fists is the band. Lanterns is the name of the album. If you don't know who 36 Crazy Fists are, well, they're a heavy metal band. Uh, that's from Wikipedia. It's debatable. <laughs> this album's got metal elements, but it's got a lot of things going in it. Um, 
And they're also from Akorange, Akorange in Alaska, which isn't in Australia that I checked any. That's Sarah Palin's old place. Apparently, you can see Russia from Alaska, so oh, there's that going from. There you go. The band's name comes from the Jackie Chan movie, Jackie oh. Chan and the 36 Crazy Fists. Oh, there you go. I don't, know, I don't know how it's got to do with metal, but... Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um, this is their eighth release. They had seven other releases before this one. Wait a second. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, <laughs> shook my hand. I still, I still got my shoes off, Danny. <laughs> so I can still count it. Um... But I guess you want to hear a little bit more about what um, the band had to say about this album as well. And we've got the vocalist here, uh, Brock Lindau, uh, or Lindo, if you in Australia like Windows. Um, he had this to say about the album. So he told Loudwire, it's a reflection of self and the dwellings of rock bottom, discovering the tools to dig yourself out and refusing to let yourself free fall into the abyss of hopelessness. Love, forgive, and never give in. In fact, Lancers is about the fight within us all, forever refusing to sink. That should be a foreshadowing of what this album is about. And that is, in turn, absolutely nothing. I have absolutely no idea what he just said there. That was a lot of uh, words thrown at a board. Uh, no context or no reasoning. It just kind of seems like... Maybe they were right, that emptiness and hollowness was the ideas that came forth because... <laughs> yeah, that's right, yeah. We heard this album and um, look, on face value, I've heard it to about three or four times. Um, Danny, it's not one that I would probably go to. It's the reason why I haven't listened to Today's Six Crazy Fish in depth maybe um, or maybe this album isn't a good uh, telling of their stuff but to be honest, I haven't listened to them for about 10 years which is basically the same saying I haven't actually listened to them at all. Yeah, pretty much. This is probably the first time I've like properly listen to an album i think they might have even come to a sound wave i don't know but i thought first when i heard the name 36 crazy fist so you know i thought it'd be like you know pretty fast intense type thing and then you hear this song and i thought okay maybe they're ironic because there's nothing crazy about this there's nothing like intense about the drumming or guitar playing or singing there's nothing crazy there's nothing 36 about it and there's no. nothing fist there's no jackie quality. chan in it at all either there's which no is blatant jackie false chan. advertising um uh, it would help though seeing him do some stunt work on the cd would would, would work didn't happen though. Um, let's just go through it though. Let's just look at the album as a whole. And um, from the very get go, the very first track drops, and it kind of sounds like a Devil Driver inspired metalcore, hardcore riff kind of thing. But it quickly moves away from it, um, and that's kind of where. And then you get a feeling for basically how this album's going to play out. You know, you're going to get your heavy riff, you're going to get your catchy chorus, um, you're going to get some melodies, some some whatever. But um, that's kind of the thing I found, Danny, straight off the bat. And then you get a presence of this, the vocalist as well, this uh, Lundau, Lindo, window guy. And straight away, it's basically like the classic, if you don't, you have a strong opinion about this guy's vocals. Either you love him or you hate him. Yeah, because it's, it's actually hard. Because the love or hate him part, I think is a bit harsh to say because yeah. there's some parts where he actually sounds, his tone is good yeah. and, he, and he fits the song well. There's other times where his tone is not great. And he's like he's struggling to hit notes. Like you can tell because there's a lot of times he does like the whole that, like yeah. he does that winding up to to find the note part instead of just hitting the note. He does that. And I'm not sure if it's like production. They just did one take top stuff or two takes, and that that was it. They were happy with. It was just. It, it was just feels like the production is a little bit like this because some of that singing is really not locking into the uh, the band as well. There's some parts where he's pushing so far forward or pulling so far back where it doesn't really feel like it's actually hitting with the band. Um, and that kind of comes, I kind of get that feeling with the, with the whole thing. It kind of feels like this album was recorded in a couple of takes, 
kind of thrown together, you know, it's like keep the production raw, keep it with a bit of energy. And I think that will transition live well because they'll probably give you the exact same performance. Like there's just no way around it. Um, but yeah, the vocal is, is so pronounced on this record. And I think I want to talk about the most because it really is what I have a respect for, but also take greatest issue with, you know? Um, the biggest problem I find is like you said, sometimes his strain and his, um, angst in his voice is so strong that picking a melodic note out of it is very hard to obtain. Like, you know, if, apart from track three, for example, where it comes across as the most commercial and most viable song to sing live in that, I find all the other songs a bit harder to, to almost impossible to really connect with the vocalist in that sense. Mm. You know what I mean? Like to hear a strong melodies, to get a presence of, of a strong technical prowess as well. But I feel like this guy can sing as well. So I kind of feel like you said the production, maybe the producer didn't get the best result out of the musicians or, or maybe it didn't give me any a, a direction at all. Yeah, that could be true. I mean, just track five, which I think is the first like uh, stripped back emotive. Yeah, that kind of ballady one. Yeah, I actually didn't mind his vocals now. I thought he... he emotion, yeah, I thought the emotion he put in there and his tone and the note, the, maybe the range was better suited to him or just how the notes are sung were better. And I thought he was fine there. But then again, like the start, the first note of track one, we get to the, yeah, it's just, it's just, no, you just, ah, oh, it's terrible. Like, so that was like a bit of a heavy groove. And then to have that whining note, it just killed the whole song. So, yeah, it's, it's a yeah. combination of a lot of things. This guy has a lot of like tools in his box, but it kind of feels like he just kind of got his toolbox and threw it against the wall and just like whatever kind of sucked to the wall works. It really is weird. Because he he's got screaming, he's yeah. got the growling and stuff. Whether it's the same guy, I'm not. I'm not sure, sure actually. But these guys at least have those tools. But the the style of singing for me is hard to engage with because it, it really lacks a certain emotive punch sometimes. But then in other times, it really does. It's yeah. just kind of like it's, weird. it's a little bit like Brandon Boyd from Incubus, where it's like sometimes when it's on, when it's on, it's on, and it's like perfect. But when it's off, it's just jarring, man. Yeah. But going back to production, there's there's one part on track six where. It starts and ends with an effect, and the production is so average. I'm not sure if it's supposed to be like a rain effect or it's like a crackling of a fire pit effect. It just sounds terrible. I'm like, it's just, I don't know if they just cut on production values or if they decide to do it themselves, but it's, yeah, that, that, that kind of fixes the whole album. So that's the thing about the, the singing itself is that it's basically polarizing. I find that um, the performance given is sometimes decent to almost nonsensical it just doesn't really it's very hard to connect with some of those um those lines and stuff but even the more like choice i mean like if you're going to go full-on good cop bad cop when you want to get the good cop you want to be singing it you want fans to like obviously engage it and like reading your melody in your head like even if i don't like the song i should still believe in the record with a catchy melody and be like oh like even with pop records you're like oh my god this song's still stuck in my head it's a shit song don't get me wrong but I found, a, apart from one track off this album, all the rest of the choruses were very unforgettable, which yeah. is a crime when you're doing that kind of portrayal. Um, so that was a, a problem as well, is that the general selection of, of notes and, and the approach that they were done wasn't engaging enough for me for doing this kind of record. You know, If you're going to be this kind of band, then you need to have that as the strongest point. Like those, those choruses need to be resonating with you for the rest of your day. Yeah, I think it's because most of these choruses have the same pacing and the same feel. And yeah. it's, most of the songs have the same structure, apart from those two or three acoustic sections or songs or melodic songs. The other ones have the same thing. Like you have a, a, you start with like a strong, heavy groove or some a groovy type verse, yeah. which is not bad. Like in tracks, so it's at two, seven and ten. They, they're pretty strong, heavy groove. So you have that strong, heavy groove. Then the pre-chorus, you 
either make it makes it that little bit heavier, a little bit faster pace, but then you strip back into the chorus and it goes it's more like a slow strum, um, sometimes key change, more melodic feel. And it's just that repetition over and over again. So like heavy verse, soft chorus, heavy verse, soft chorus, and like for like eight tracks, it's like, oh mm. really key, like just change up. Like this when when they had the the two slowest ones, like track five and six or four and five, it was great. The first the first riff of the next one, it must be track seven. So five and six were slow, track seven, they start with a really heavy riff and like a to start mm. with. That's cool. Like get rid of that soft emotive stuff and get heavy into it. But instead of that song just being pure, hard, and heavy throughout the whole song, it cuts back into again that soft, slow chorus. No, no, that stop doing that. Yeah, you you, you you try to get rid of that by your intro, making it heavy and powerful. Keep that going for the whole song. Keep that song as a just a fu song. I'm, I'm getting rid of that pain and emotion, just yeah. too heavy. You, yeah, you use your outlet for other tracks to kind of get that through. And that's the biggest problem with this album is that. For me, the guitarist and the drumming and that and the rhythm section, it's like instead of using the um, songs to kind of separate themselves, each song has a way of separating each section, but it's the formulas copied for every other song. Like you said, though, there are a couple of times, for instance, like you've, uh, in the middle somewhere, you're, like you said, the track four and fives, have yourself decide slower kind of approaches. But generally, I find that the formula for a Crazy Fist song on this album is repeated for different songs, even though the songs themselves do change a little bit. Not enough again, though. Um, it's really hard for me to even leave, not only with the melody like stuck in my head, but also like a guitar riff, which um, there are some some interesting riffs going on here. You know, de- you know, devolve from maybe anywhere from a hard rock or heavy rock almost to hardcore, or you know, you can hear you know like some influences like that bands like Heaven Shall Burn or Kill Switch Engage latest kind of stuff you know I don't know about Kill Switch Engage now because we've talked about them and they're very much pulling back into this kind of style where it's much more accessible and commercial um, but at least with them when we listened to the album there was a, a little bit more variety in the songs where you got you know different styles but this one like I was saying before with yourself it's just nah just there's not enough going on there's nothing for me to take away from this album um, even the emotions when they want to bring it back to more of a sincere pullback sound, it's not vulnerable enough where the the melodies and that really hit for me. So, due to maybe vocal performances or to, to writing in the band's um, performances on the album, you know, lack of maybe different instrumentations, you know, it just or yeah, just genuine songwriting. It's just a very very in- interesting way of looking at this album. I'm a little bit stuck now where to go with it. Yeah, I look I. It's hard because it is pretty much the same two songs throughout <laughs> the whole album. Yeah. You either this, this slow acoustic song or melodic song or your groove into slow chorus back to groove song. So yeah. you have that and it's just, it, it's a shame because like the first time you hear Double Kick is like I think track 11, which is, oh, I came from nowhere and that was cool. I guess because it was so different. Like, wow, this is really great because mm. it's so different. And there was two like mini solos again near the end. But apart from that, it's just, it's like, yeah, wash, rinse, repeat type thing and love the songs and, it's a shame because some of those riffs can be quite groovy. It can be like can be heavy at times, but yeah. it's just. I have a feeling yeah. that I have this feeling that transitioning live will be good. I think for some reason this band playing these songs live, I'd enjoy it more. I don't know what I got to say about that because it feels like there's an energy to this album. It feels like these guys are giving it an honest go and really hitting the shit out of their instruments at times. But I just get the performance, the song structures, and the songwriting on this album might have let them down. And I did ask a friend of mine who uh, his his reactions to the album as well. And he did he's a massive Thirty Six Crazy Six Fist fan, and 
followed him ever since and said the similar thing where it's like this isn't his strongest um, outing from the band. He liked the album a little bit before it as a stronger album. And um, he couldn't find himself putting it on. And that's the number one thing which I think has to take into this consideration is that I don't think there's an album that you'd want to put back into your CD player after you heard it. It's not enough to kind of spark your interest like oh that was interesting it, it was like oh there's those riffs oh there's that singing again rah rah yeah. and that's it and then it's kind of that it's gone there's nothing taken away I've, I can't tell you anything I've taken away from the album no well yeah. apart from the average singing that would stick to me that yeah would, I remember that yeah that, that would be the, that's probably like a downfall like you know just, just phrases that were a lot of angst felt out of time and, um, and the note selections that even just melody structures that didn't resonate strongly with me so it's really a i want to say failed but just not a a, a, a performance which i i got into unfortunately yeah they all can't be winners no they can't you know it's definitely no like septic flesh or uh well actually it was similar to what we review with this album See, i think like i always think of bands like volby even though that wasn't my cup of tea i can safely recommend that album to almost anyone who's into that you know strong melodies great musicianship a vocalist is very strong, tons of reverb, maybe, but it's still a lot going for it. And even when it's super corny and that, just don't listen to those tracks, you know. Um, but this band here, again, it's just it's a little bit harder than it, but yeah. it lacks a lot of that charm that, that other bands like this bring. Yeah, if you want to hear a band which does this better, it's slightly different, but kind of the same as that Pyramaze. It has those like melodic and groovy and mixed. Oh, you reckon? I reckon Pyramids would be closer to like a mercenary band for me. Yeah, true. But but yeah, this this is like the next level professionalism. It's like you have this melodic, groovy, heavy stuff, and does mixes them all together. I think better than this. Yeah, I think it's not the same style. But I would recommend you listen to Pyramids before you listen to this. Oh, I I recommend listening to like Killswitch Engage's last album before you listen to this. I mean, if you want that kind of thing where you've got your mix between your ballady songs to your hardcore songs to your fast, slow and all that. And even though I didn't like the album very much, at least I could recommend that one as more of an overall kind of engaging process because the vocalists are stronger, melodies are more memorable and um, the instructions themselves don't repeat as much. They do kind of get into a a thing. So I would, I'd kind of, yeah, I'd just strongly recommend something else. There's so many other albums that would come to mind um, in your like Death Metal Spectrum as well or in... um, some of those hardcore bands that we reviewed this year, like yeah. Code Orange or something, if you want something a little bit angrier. Yeah. Well, that Portrait of Martyrs was a bit better than this as well. Yeah. So you have all those things. So look, or if like you said, like your friend says, other. Yeah, just get, albums, get the album before just it. Just get the album before it because apparently that was a very strong album. Um, just do that. This album f- for me has very little to engage a new listener for, for uh, 36 Crazy Fist and that would be me for sure. And um not to say that I don't like this style at all. Um, it's not no one that I get into a hell of a lot, but I've heard other bands that I really do enjoy coming out of it. So just to know, unfortunately for me, not a great album. And uh, yeah, it might uh, find its way very low on my list this year. Yeah, I have the same feelings. So I guess we have to believe it in the words of 36 Crazy Fist. With every dream that has turned to dust, rebuilding lost through elusive trust. Ah, think about that. And that's the end of our show, you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Until next week, I have been Super Metal Brother Matt. I'm Super Metal Brother Dan. We have been the Super Metal Brothers. I guess we'll catch you next week. <laughs>